certainly no secret that in the United States of America, we probably have always had somewhat of a two-tiered justice system, although for many, many years, this was a very subtle uh, finding, and recently that has changed. We now see at least a two-tiered system of justice, but it is greatly obvious. It is even advertised in America. We have actually watched our judicial system decline in rapid order, despite the fact that we have many conservative and constitutionalist-minded judges. What's going on? Have the wrong judges been appointed by President Trump? Do judges flip their stance after being appointed? It appears as if the Grim Reaper is knocking on the Department of Justice's door. Are we doomed to be victimized by yet another rogue branch of government? Welcome to Unity Without Compromise. I'm your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Today, I'd like to discuss the importance of correcting after we identify the gross errors that are escalating rapidly, just as I have predicted uh, for some time now. Remember that President Trump actually appointed 234 Article III federal judges during his first term. Three of these were Supreme Court justices, but he also appointed 54 Court of Appeals judges, 174 U.S. District Courts judges, and three judges from the United States Court of International Trade. Now, the three SCOTUS judges, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, in my opinion, have been somewhat disappointing. They've been a mixed bag. They are not predictable. They don't do what we expect them to do when it comes to defending our Constitution. And it has raised a lot of questions about their character. Are they somehow compromised? Is somebody threatening their families, perhaps, or threatening them with personal harm? Have they been paid off at times? Or are they just cowardly? I don't know. But I don't like all that I have seen. Recently, very recently, the Supreme Court actually declined to hear the case for increased FISC transparency, that is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. What's at stake here? Well, simply your right to privacy as an American citizen. In other words, a surveillance of foreign intelligence necessitates that we spy on certain operations, on certain foreign operators who may threaten the, the, uh, the in, intelligence of, of the United States of America. They may threaten us um, by spying on us, and if we are not aware of that, then we could be compromised in a very serious way. And that necessitates that we do surveil foreign actors who come to our country and those who would be spying on us. 
we do require some sort of a, a counterattack on spying in America. But when this same group of people um, has now been given the authority to spy on our own private American citizens, well, that's just a whole different story. When this occurred, this uh, disappointing act of refusing to hear a case on the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court transparency, how many justices do you think actually oppose this? Well, let me tell you, there were only two, Sonia Sotomayor and Neil Gorsuch. And Neil Gorsuch actually dissented very strongly to the court's refusal to hear the case. And what does this mean to us? It means that the FBI and the CIA and other government agencies will actually continue to eavesdrop on your private texts and on your telephone conversations. And there's nothing you can do about it because you won't know about it until they come after you because of what they heard in your private conversations, such as if you're a parent trying to protect your children from pornography in the public schools and trying to protect your children against Marxist doctrine, namely critical race theory in public schools, then you're going to likely be flagged and put on a list and possibly directly confronted for being an insurgent because you want to be a good parent and protect your children. That's what's at stake here. Imagine having a quiet discussion or a conversation in your own, in the privacy of your own home with people and your cell phone is nearby and these people are eavesdropping on your conversation. Let's say that you're having a nice discussion about an aspect of the Constitution, such as the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Now, if they are hearing you say, you know, I'm sure glad that we have the Second Amendment. Everybody seems to think that this is just a right to, to bear arms for hunting and for even self-protection, but that's not what the Second Amendment was written for. It was written to take up arms against a rogue government. That means violence because weapons are used in violent ways and sometimes very justified in doing so, such as with police officers who are suppressing an attacker who wants to kill them. But if you are discussing privately the Second Amendment in your home, in the privacy of your home, and having an honest discussion about this, because of this lack of transparency, you could be flagged as a potential violent insurgent who may be a risk or a threat to our country. And so they may come after you. And what does that mean? It means that we have lost our First Amendment rights. We have lost the right to free speech. If we cannot speak in the privacy of our homes and through texting and in other conversations, then we have lost a tremendous freedom that actually defines America. 
And what happens if you're actually running for a political office in opposition to the current narrative? Well, think about the Steele dossier. What happened to President Trump? He was a a total threat to our country, demanding that we return to constitutional law, to law and order. President Donald Trump dared in his boldness to expose the corruption in our government. And so they simply went after him and fabricated all kinds of lies, which has now been clearly revealed. And what repercussions will these people face? for their dishonesty and corruption? Probably nothing. But we must understand this, that violations of constitutional law do have grave consequences, and they should not be ignored by the Supreme Court of the United States. For example, illegal immigration. Illegal immigration is serious stuff. And at the present rate, I wouldn't just call it illegal immigration, but I would rather call it a foreign invasion. And it can have dire consequences for our country. Just ask the people who have lost their lives because of illegal immigrants who choose to bring their criminal nature and actions here in the United States. And what about a violation of constitutional law that affects election integrity? We have no integrity in our elections, and we have not had it completely for years, and this robs us of our free government. And take a look at the ever-escalating vaccine mandates issue. The vaccine mandate has destroyed millions of innocent people, both those who actually received the jab and suffered for it because they felt they had no choice but to take it. And also those who refused the jab, who are now suffering the loss of employment, who are suffering from isolation because of this new Jim Crow division in our country. See, justice requires adherence to the laws of the land. And if we cannot depend on the Supreme Court to do its job, then to whom do we turn for justice? And even if the Supreme Court does its job, as it recently has with regard to the opposition to the vaccine mandate, look at what our installed president said. Biden recently declared an edict to ignore the Supreme Court's decision on forced COVID vaccination. And that says everything. The executive branch of government is completely, completely abolished as far as righteousness and justice and following the Constitution. The executive branch has zero respect for constitutional law. Biden may be a puppet. He may be demented. Well, he is, but he is also a dictator puppet puppet, and whoever is pulling his strings is a very dangerous individual or group of individuals. We need to get to the root of this. This act most clearly shows us that we actually, in fact, do have a legitimate Second Amendment scenario. This is treason. This is insurrection 
from within the executive branch of government. The president, the declared president of the United States, is pulling one over on Americans. This is a direct and bold violation of the oath of office of the president of the United States. And yet we seem all too eager to allow this to happen. We have yet to protest and to fight it. And we suffer as a result. But if we actually were to discuss the Second Amendment and conclude that we do indeed have just cause to enact a Second Amendment surge, because our government has betrayed the people, remember, that's what the intent of the Second Amendment was for, despite its legitimacy to implement, will not those who support a Second Amendment surge be regarded as insurgents, as violent rebels? I mean, even conservatives would label you as such. If you so much as suggested that we hold our government accountable and overthrow it if it oversteps its boundaries, which it clearly already has blatantly and obviously to everyone. Justice in America is dying simply because the Constitution is losing all of its authority. And that is exactly what the Biden regime wants. Look at the fraud, Dr. Anthony Fauci. What did he say? He now says that everyone needs to take the vaccine and will probably have as a norm a yearly or monthly or who knows, weekly booster. Because the booster is needed to save us from a man-made pandemic, a pandemic that we wouldn't even know existed right now if we weren't being told that we are in the midst of a perpetual pandemic. Fauci says, put aside your freedom. I quote him. He stated, it isn't only about you. Well, excuse me, Dr. Fauci, but yes, it is only about me getting the jab. I suffer the consequences of what is put into my body, and I don't want the vaccine. Because number one, it's not a vaccine. And number two, it has proven beyond any doubt to be dangerous. And the Constitution says you cannot force me to take it. Losing my job for refusing the shot is injustice. And that's exactly what is happening to millions of people across the United States. And take a look at the sweet, ugly home of Oregon, where we do have a Marxist governor, Kate Brown, who has recently mandated vaccines. In fact, she has vaccine passports scheduled to be coming online to Oregon by March 8th. And what has happened? The Oregon Supreme Court justice has supported Kate Brown in this evil, unconstitutional endeavor. And it infuriates me. And look at what our puppet president says. Do what I say. Forget the Constitution, man. Who is Biden echoing? He hasn't the mental capacity to reason anything logically. Is money talking? Oh, yes, very likely it is. But somebody else is speaking behind the scenes for Obama. 
And we need to find out who that person is, and we need to take this person down. We also have hospital CEOs who are raking in the dollars because of this whole COVID pandemic scenario. And what are the hospital CEOs telling their employers? Well, they're telling them, you do not have a choice but to take that vaccine if you want your job. Now, recall that recently the Supreme Court rightly did squelch this illegal mandate, stating that businesses have no authority to tell people that they must get a vaccine. But how many hospitals and the CEOs who run them do you think will submit to that? Do you think Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins will say, yeah, okay, we agree with you. We're going to back down. We've decided we will follow the Constitution based on the Supreme Court's uh, jurisdiction in the matter. I don't think that is going to happen. No, instead, what we are really being told by all three branches of government is that we must be willing to give up all of our freedoms for the common good. And if you don't want to give it up, it doesn't matter because we are taking it from you. That's the government message. And I don't like it. And I will protest and I will fight it to my dying day. This lack of accountability and transparency in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court resulted in the now dismantled Trump-Russia collusion narrative. Think about this. For lack of transparency, all this was allowed to happen. And don't think it won't happen again. When? In the 2022 elections, midterm? Or will they just happen again in the 2024 presidential election? You can be sure that there will be more drama brought up. Will it be truth? No. We'll never know the truth of the whole matter because it is being intentionally hidden from us. And do you think for one second that the Clintons, that Barack Obama, that Pencilneck, Adam Schiff, or any of the criminal FBI weasels will ever be prosecuted for their collusion, for their deception, for their willful lying to the American people? Of course not. They're on the right side of the two-tiered legal system in America. Unfortunately, and very sadly, the Department of Justice now only seems to enforce the Biden regime corruption. And we must fight this. If you want to look at one scenario that points to where we have come as a nation, supposedly a nation where we seek freedom and justice for all, liberty and justice for all in America. If you want to see how far we have fallen, we must look at the one event that epitomizes the impact of the coup that is now taking place against America. And that is the January 6th political prisoners. Is this really happening in America? When I went through my prisoner of war training, my resistance training in the United States Air Force, I was subjected 
to all kinds of evil, deprivation, abuses, and so forth, um, that just astounded me. It would scare anybody going into battle. It would make anybody not want to become a prisoner of war. And I suppose that was a good thing, and that's how we learned to resist. But we now have political prisoners who are in the D.C. gulag who are being severely abused. January 6th, political prisoners show us exactly what has happened to our judicial system in America. Who are these people? Who are these prisoners? They are Americans who were, were there present on January 6th to support the stolen election of President Trump and who accepted an invitation by the Capitol Police to enter the Capitol building. They were welcomed in, and some of them did enter peacefully. Some went in as they were just being herded in as a crowd, but they were peaceful. They were like museum tourists for the most part. Now, perhaps there were a few crazies in there, but remember, they were encouraged. This was indeed a truly peaceful protest. Remember, the only person killed or murdered was a veteran, a 12-year veteran of the United States Air Force. And she was killed by a Capitol policeman's weapon. These prisoners, who are political prisoners, have been in jail for 10 months. They have been not denied rights to a speedy trial, which they are guaranteed under the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution, and they likely will also be denied the right to an impartial jury by the Sixth Amendment. They are also denied legal rights under the Eighth Amendment. For example, no Americans shall be subject to cruel and unusual punishment. Now, if you have any question about this happening, think again. Think again, because it is happening. If you look at the American thinker, where they actually cited the abuses in a document dated on October 31st, 2021, you'll see a list of what exactly these political prisoners have been subjected to. It includes psychological abuse, lots of verbal abuse because they are Republicans. They have been placed in solitary confinement. They have been forced to wear masks constantly, even in solitary confinement. There's been repeated extensive interference with the attorney-client relationship. This is one of the most privileged relationships under American law and they have not received the benefit of that relationship. And this possibly is due to requiring all visitors to be both vaccinated against COVID and tested prior to entry. And of course, the masking, which has no value whatsoever medically, is also mandated. 
these people have had a confiscation of their own privileged legal documents. They have also suffered physical and medical neglect in multiple ways, including refusing treatment for Christopher Worrell, who has cancer and a broken hand. These political January 6th prisoners face health hazards that you would see in dirty, filthy prisons where in, in countries where individuals have no rights whatsoever. Health hazards, including overflowing raw sewage, mold, filthy water, malnutrition from inedible food, and scant foods for subsistence. This is what they are subjected to, and they have not even been charged as yet for crimes, except one. They are denied access to, per to personal hygiene. They are denied access to religious services and other classes and activities that are available to non-political prisoners. In other words, these January 6th political prisoners are treated worse than hard core criminals, because even hardcore criminals have some rights in America. Doesn't this make anyone angry? They are denied access to the basics of human rights. Reading a quote from the American think, uh, thinker, it says, when Ryan Samuel attempted to organize a Bible study group Correctional officers, mostly leftists from America, beat him and left him for dead. He lost vision in one eye permanently and has suffered brain damage as a result of that beating. And this man has not even been charged of any crime. Is this what justice in America has become? Oh, yes, it has. Physical abuse has been documented very well. Recently, we were told that the prison guards pepper sprayed the prisoners. There is no set trial. They were offered no bail. And nearly all of these people are being held for nonviolent offenses. The chief offense being entering the Capitol building upon invitation. There was no insurrection on January 6th, despite all of the claims, despite all of the hype, despite all of the media lies, there was no significant acts of violence other than the senseless shooting of Ashley Babbitt by a Capitol police officer. The video footage on this incident and reports that have come forth demonstrate that this drama was simply another planned attack against President Trump. January 6th was a setup, and the FBI was very likely complicit in no small way in this staged coup. The FBI is now akin to the Black Jesuit priests who did take the law into their own hands, and this has nothing to do with lawfulness. 
it was recently revealed that Representative Benny Thompson, who is the January 6th commission chairman, actually backed an extremist secessionist group known as the Republic of New Africa, RNA. This group was involved in two violent shootouts a few years ago, one in Detroit and one in Jackson, Mississippi. Thompson actually campaigned for the Republic of New Africa, former vice president, to be mayor of Jackson, Mississippi. Now, do you think there is some bias going on on this committee, the January 6th committee? As a result of this committee, we have witnessed the imprisonment of Trump supporters for no significant crimes, and their abuse is horrendous. They receive no due process. They have been mistreated and abused by prison guards using pepper spray and other physical abuse. They are living in hideous conditions that would not even be allowed by the American society for the prevention of cruelty to animals. They have been denied basic human rights. We have to consider that American hostages in other countries who have been treated in this way in the past have actually been rescued from these conditions. It raises the question, should not these political prisoners in the Washington, D.C. gulag not also be rescued? You know the answer to that question. How do they get away with this stuff? How does our government in D.C. not face criminal action for this assault on American citizens who are not charged with that crime. No, see, no, no jury in D.C. is likely going to go against the system for fear of retaliation. The corruption has become so bad in the Department of Justice that many people feel that they have no recourse, that we are simply to bow down and become a victim of the Department of Justice. The Department of Justice, like every other government institution, is completely wayward. Without a constitution, remember, there is no defense of human rights. And apart from a respect for our God-given rights, which stems from a fear of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we will never again see justice in America. We stand now at a time in history when the grim reaper has visited our courts of justice, and the death knoll is sounding already for the demise of liberty and justice for all. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip. I'm going to take a short break and return with more on the subject of justice in America.
trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. While the cancel culture is determined to destroy our history, bringing violence and terror to city streets, America Out Loud will enhance its own message of love and honor for the American traditions and constitutional values that have always been the backbone of what America means. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America Out Loud Talk Radio liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip speaking um, for America Out Loud Talk Radio on the subject of justice in America. It certainly appears that justice is a thing of the past. Today I've been talking about the rising specter of America's Department of Justice. We need only to look at the the abuse and the tyranny that is being meted out in the DC prison where American political prisoners are being treated in such a way that would make Stalin and Mussolini and Hitler very proud. The CCP must also be smiling. And so it is with the Russian elites. In fact, as I read about the inhuman treatment of our January 6th hostages, I frankly become very, very angry. If this were happening in Libya, in Iran, and Afghanistan, we would expect a special forces team to go in and rescue our fellow Americans from such evil rebels. But now the lawless rogues have infiltrated our own fetid government. And what do we do for our political prisoners? Absolutely nothing. We know that the whole January 6th fiasco is fake. It's a setup. Nancy Pelosi knows it. The Republicans know it. The Democrats know it. And we have ample evidence that shows this to be a staged insurrection. And so why do we not rescue these victims of decrepit injustice and mistreatment? Their story is one of prisoners of war in America, on American soil. We must never, never accept this. This is an evil 
that betrays everything that stands for America. And do you think that any of the Capitol Police who opened the doors to invite people in will ever face any consequences? Will the police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt, will he face prosecution? Will, why is he not even being tried for manslaughter at the very minimum? Do you think Nancy Pelosi or any of her derelict team who planned this drama will ever be brought to justice? Of course not, because we have at least a two-tiered system of justice in the United States of America. We have a tainted FBI that supports this corruption. Justice is not likely to happen as the way things stand right now. Not only are these elites, these criminal politicians above the law, but they now believe fully that they are the law. They make the law. And we need only to bow down, to get on our knees, to humble ourselves before this corrupt bunch of people who are the real insurgents in America and submit to them. So that is what they are telling us. A corrupt judicial system means simply that conservatives will suffer by the severely unbalanced scales of justice. It is happening now, and this too will escalate in the days to come. And if that does not anger you, then you need to ask yourself whose side you are on. You know, every now and then, since I've returned to social media, I get kind of blindsided. And I recently received a tweet that triggered me intensely. Ironically, the tweet comes from a conservative patriot. This happened last week. I raised the question in a tweet, why have these political prisoners not been rescued from their inhuman treatment. And this conservative accused me of causing undue stress to people who are already worried and frustrated and confused and upset about the way things are in America. And this tweeter admonished me, stating that I have no right to be suggesting that something be done to rescue these victims. Well, I was, I was so frustrated by that, of being accused of stressing out Americans that I had to look back and say, am I missing something? Well, I started by reading this tweeter's bio and she actually claimed to be a veteran not a retired veteran, but a veteran. She was, I believe, retired, and, and she said she was a mother and a grandmother, something like that. But she also stated in her bio that she was a Christian and a defender of the Constitution. And that's what triggered me. I was angry. I couldn't stand the fact that someone 
would say that they want to defend the Constitution, but when it comes to defending the Constitution and defending the victims who are abused because of a neglect, a total defiance of the Constitution, I was triggered. How does one tolerate such evil as we are seeing and not be compelled to action? It's so easy to say the words, isn't it? But to back those words up with action is quite a different story. We are so bold on social media when we are talking or tweeting behind our cell phones. We can say so much with boldness, but when push comes to shove and when you are facing the beast face to face, it's quite a different story what most people will do. And that saddens me. That really saddens me. It's easy to speak the words, but it's very difficult to back it up with action. It reminds me actually of a time when Jesus was with his 12 disciples at the table, breaking bread for the last time. And he told his apostles that every single one of them would betray him when Jesus was turned over to the authorities after being betrayed by Judas. Now, poor Peter, he was accused of specifically uh, rejecting Christ. In fact, Jesus told him that he would reject him three times before the roosters crowed. And that, in fact, happened. But Peter had very good intent. Peter oftentimes did put his foot in the mouth, perhaps because he was the spokesman for the group. He was a rather a leader of the apostles and in the inner circle of Jesus. But Peter also, when push came to shove, betrayed Jesus. See, that's what happens to us all. When we are threatened with our own hide, with our own security, with our own jobs, and with our own reputation, when that is threatened, we tend to back down. And that is not what a good, genuine American patriot is all about. It wasn't only Peter who betrayed Jesus. Remember, it was all of them. And when we, likewise, in our human weakness, are threatened with any personal loss, be it health, loss of income, a job, physical violence, or even loss of life, many people tend to cower. And cowardice is so often disguised by an air of self-righteousness or maybe by an excuse to not rock the boat because we don't want to be labeled or flagged or accused of being advocates of violence. As if violence is the unpardonable sin. I would have to tell you that based on the arm of justice, which is supposed to be from the Department of Justice of a government, violence is permitted. Violence is, in fact, advocated by God himself under certain circumstances. And so when our fellow American patriots are suffering as abused political prisoners in our own homeland, and we do nothing, I can personally find no excuses sufficient to justify inaction. I'm just being honest. Those American hostages should be rescued. 
and to ignore their plea is a horrible, heinous act of injustice. And you can be sure that the longer that this injustice goes unchecked, the worse it's going to get. Things are escalating. We need to recall, perhaps, that to this present date, ever since the COVID pandemic broke out or was declared, look at all the evil that has happened in America. Try to recall the many thousands of Americans who have suffered because the United States Department of Justice has failed to act on behalf of victims of criminal activity. Do you remember the burned cities? How many people have been murdered and raped and beaten by illegal aliens who are actually offered protection rather than punishment for their unlawfulness in entering our country illegally? Not only are they offered protection, but they are offered financial incentives, free housing, free health care. And Biden wanted to give them each $450,000 to reward them for their criminal activity? This is nuts. This is evil to the core. How many of our children's lives now have to be destroyed by the actions of, of Mexican drug cartels, uh, child traffickers, and pushes of sexual perversion? How many victims must we see? lose everything because of inaction? How many business owners have lost all they had as their businesses were destroyed by the mobs who rampaged our cities and burned them down and hurt innocent people, people who were threatened and beaten or even killed by Antifa and BLM thugs? And how many of these thugs have gone free? with no just recourse for their crimes. I guess we could actually say that in America, it seems to me that crime now pays. In blue states like Oregon, like Washington, like California, like New York, and perhaps the whole of New England, crime is actually encouraged. Mayor Ted Wheeler of Portland did nothing to shut down crime. And look at what happened to Portland. The city of Portland is devastated. It's a third world country. And it's not likely to get better under this Marxist totalitarian rule. Nothing will improve. It will only get worse. Nothing will be done about the violence because justice is all but dead in these progressive Democrat-run cities. They have become living hellholes, and we have to face the facts here. Nothing is being done. Well, the Socialist Democrat Party has grown very bold since stealing the presidential election. The fake insurrection was merely a cover-up for that steal. Don't forget that. They had to act because they knew 
that they stole the presidential election through massive voter fraud. And it didn't occur, the crimes on election day or election week or whatever it turned out to be, those crimes did not happen just in swing states. They've been happening for years, for many years in all 50 states. And then the equally bogus January 6th House Select Committee to so-called investigate the January 6th setup. It actually has three purposes, you know. It's not about justice. The January 6th committee aims further to destroy President Trump to guarantee that he could not be elected for a second term of office. A second purpose of this bogus committee, this corrupt January 6th committee, is to continue the distraction, to keep people sidetracked from the fact that the election was stolen. And the third purpose of this corrupt January 6th committee is to show any challengers to this neo-Nazi regime that dissidents will be severely punished because they are in control of this country now. The neo-Nazi Democrats are in control of you and I. Our freedom is no longer. We no longer have an elected president of the United States, and therefore we have no choice but to submit to the tyrants like Fauci, like Pelosi, like puppet Obama, oh, the puppet master Obama, and his team. Will you accept this? And if you will, the follow-on question is, are you really an American? Certainly not in spirit. Because the fact is, is that these corrupt government rulers now do run the country and they will continue to run the country if we do not demand justice. Look at the four past Trump advisors who recently have been subpoenaed by this January 6th committee. Why have they been subpoenaed? Why? What are they really trying to do by this act? Well, you got to realize a few things that this House Select Committee is supposed to be bipartisan, but the panel consists of seven Democrats and two Republicans, all appointed by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. But Pelosi rejected two Republican members who were initially selected from the panel. And who were they? Representative Jim Banks and Representative Jim Jordan. And they were rejected because of, quote, their statements and actions that Nancy Pelosi felt would, quote, impact the integrity of the committee, end quote. You have got to be kidding me. But Adam Schiff was selected, a man of proven zero integrity. And look at the two Republican members who were ultimately chosen. Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney and Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger. 
they were chosen. The two most horrible rhinos who sold their souls long ago to the neo-Nazi party. And this is supposed to be the bipartisan committee. This is anything but bipartisan and justice is not at all really being sought. The January 6th investigation is nothing more than a distraction to cover up the election that was stolen from the American people. One of those Trump advisors of past, Steve Bannon, was recently subpoenaed, and he was indicted on two counts of contempt of Congress for his refusal to comply with an unconstitutional Democrat-led subpoena issued by an absolutely corrupt January 6th select committee. Those are the facts. And this is political persecution. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. And it's just a matter of time before they come after you and they come after me. NPR published on November 15th, a title of an article stating Steve Bannon threatens vengeance after surrendering on criminal contempt charges. This is the nonsense that is going forth to the public on mainstream media. What it really means is that Steve Bannon will seek justice in this scam. But good luck. Justice in America is becoming very hard to come by. Look at another example of injustice in America, a pure mockery of the judicial system. We are now facing the near end of Kyle Rittenhouse uh, in court for the Kenosha, Wisconsin riots, where a city was burned to the ground, basically. And Kyle Rittenhouse was, was locked up because he defended himself. This should never have gone to trial. The prosecuting attorney, Thomas Binger, is a dishonest, shameful, disgusting example of injustice in America. We have a 17-year-old who defended himself from an armed criminal mob. This has been proven beyond any doubt, but the lies promoted by the media were egregious. They painted him out to be a criminal, an evil miscreant. And what's next in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial? Will it be a mis declared a mistrial? How many more riots will we see start up once this is over? Will there be more so-called peaceful protests by BLM and Antifa? How many more cities will be burned? This is what happens when justice is perverted. Chaos reigns, law and order goes aside. And when that happens, we don't have a civil society anymore. And for this reason, we are seeing Americans taking to arms, purchasing weapons for self-defense. And I am so glad to see that because they must never, never take our weapons. The fact is, justice demands law and order for all citizens. And without that, we cannot have 
a free society. Peace demands that we have law and order. It depends on it. We now have two branches of government that are already defunct. The executive branch of the presidency is dead. It is a mockery. And what do we have in the House of Representatives? The same thing. You can no longer trust a Republican to act like a Republican. And the Democrats, you can be sure that they will act as socialists and Marxists and communists. That's what has happened in the House of Representatives, the legislative branch of our government. And that is pitiful. And now the Grim Reaper truly is knocking on the Department of Justice door. Will justice die in America? It's likely to happen. But if the Grim Reaper has his way with American justice, then a peaceful solution to this coup is not likely to happen. That's just a fact. And we must do all we can to fight DOJ injustice by peaceful means so that we don't have to fight it by other means. But whichever way this turns out, we must fight it. When you defy corruption, you side with the law and you side with order. You side with civilized society. When you are silent, you are nothing but complicit with the enemy. You're listening to Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise on America Out Loud Talk Radio. I'll ask you today sincerely, please do your part wherever you are, however you can do it. And whenever you have an opportunity, please speak like an American and act like a true American patriot. Your life truly is a gift from God. Use it to glorify God and to make America great again, to again restore a land of the free and a home of the brave as one nation under God. Have a great week. Be empowered. Keep praying. We have much to do. Adieu.